I'd like you to pray finally for yourself. I always like you to pray this prayer for yourself because you did not just call me. I believe the Lord ordered your steps. Ask that the word that the Lord has for you, that you will receive it. See, I received my word this evening. There is a word for me, I believe. There is a word for my family. There is a word for the church. There is a word for the nation. If you are sensitive to the Spirit, you will agree with me that, of course, our prayer meetings for some months now has been prophetic. And listen, we don't just listen to these things and we discard them. No. We treasure them. We keep them in our hearts. It's been prophetic. And I can tell you these words will come to pass. These prophetic, prophetic declarations will come to pass. So pray that the word that the Lord has for you, that you'll be sensitive to your word for today. That you'll be sensitive. That the word of the Lord that will be coming today, Lord. I'll be sensitive. Yes, I'll be sensitive to what you are doing in this nation. If you don't know what God is doing in this nation, listen, you will be talking like everybody is talking. You'll be behaving like everybody is, be, is behaving. You'll be running commentary like the natural man do. You'll be behaving like them. But when you have a word from God, that word is very important. And God does not want us to walk in, grope in darkness like they are groping in darkness. Because the man who is groping in darkness, we only say the things that he sees in darkness. But as the light of the word will, of God will come through his word, as it begins to open our eyes to truth, we begin to say the things that we have seen as a result of the lights. Because the light will reveal things. The, li- the light of God will reveal things. So let us pray that the word for today, the word for the nation, the word, there's a word for your family, Yes, there's a word for that situation that will receive that word. That will receive that word. We'll not let go of it. Yes, we've received all that word before, you know, words before, prophetic words before now. We're not letting go, let go of those ones, but we'll receive fresh word, the fresh words today in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, we thank you. Our hearts are ready. Our hearts are prepared. Our hearts are ready. Send your words to us. Grant us understanding. Help us to be sensitive, Lord, to what you'll be doing today. Help us to be sensitive to the Spirit. Help us, Lord, to be sensitive to instructions that will be given. In the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you. We give you praise, Lord, forever. Thank you, because indeed, you, we will have the last word. We will not allow the devil to have the last word. We will have the last word. Father, thank you. We give you praise forever. We thank you. Blessed be God forever. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. As we open our Bibles, um, let's take the declaration of um, God's glory and his majesty. Let's start that again. Today we read from the book of um, Jeremiah chapter 10. It's one of the ones that I love the most. Jeremiah chapter 10. If you are there, say amen. amen. All right, we're starting from verse 6, and we are going to read it um, all the way down to uh, verse 16. We may jump a verse here and there. So we have about 11 verses there. All right, one to let's go. There is not like you. One to let's go. Like, like you, O oh Lord. You are great, and great is your name in might. Who will not fear you, O King of the nations? Indeed, it is your due. For among all the wise men of the nations and in all their kingdoms, there is none like you. Eight. 
but they are altogether stupid and foolish. In their discipline of delusion, their idol is wood. Beating silver is brought from Tarshish and gold from offers. The work of a craftsman and the hands of a goldsmith. Violet and purple are their clothing. They are all the work of skilled men. But the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and the everlasting King. At his wrath, the earthquakes and nations cannot endure his indignation. Thus you shall say to them, The gods that did not make the heavens and the earth will perish from the earth and from under the heavens. It is he who made the earth by his power, who established the world by his wisdom, and by his understanding he has stretched out the heavens. When he utters his voice, there is a tumult of waters in the heavens, and he causes the clouds to ascend from the end of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain, and brings out the wind from his storehouses. Every man is stupid, devoid of knowledge. Every goldsmith is put to shame by his idols, for his molten images are deceitful, and there is no breath in them. They are worthless, a work of mockery. In the time of their punishment, they will perish. The portion of Jacob is not like this, for the maker of all is he, and Israel is the tribe of his inheritance. The Lord of hosts is his name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'd just like us to read this about three times. In verse 11, it says, Thus you shall say to them. So I want us to declare the thing that he said we shall say to them, that he commanded Jeremiah to say, we are going to say them. All right? All right, one, two, let's go. The gods that did not make the heavens and the earth will perish from the earth and from under the heavens. One more time. The gods that did not make the heavens and the earth we perish from the earth and from under the heavens. One more time. The gods that did not make the heavens and the earth, we perish from the earth and from under the heavens. One more time. The gods that did not make the heavens and the earth, we perish from the earth and from under the heavens. The last time. The gods that did not make the heavens and the earth, we perish from the earth and from under the heavens. Amen. amen. I said amen. amen. We declare that the time of their judgment has come. I want to say amen to that. Amen. We declare that the time of their judgment has come. Amen. Because there's a time of their judgment. And the time of their judgment, that's when they will perish. So we declare that the time of their judgment has come. Amen. It's in verse 15. Say they are worthless, a work of mockery. And the time of their punishment, they will perish. And we declare that that time has come now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let me say this again. Because the Lord has given us as an assignment. Please, I need to remind the church, if you are listening to this, tell other Christians. If you are listening to this, tell your pastors. God will hold us responsible for what we tolerate. I will say it again. God holds his people responsible for what they tolerate. When there was immorality in the church in Corinth, Paul pointed at the whole church. He said, you are not even ashamed. You are bragging on what things that you have. This is amongst you, and you have not done anything about it. So he arose to do something about it. We are held responsible for what we tolerate. The church tolerated Jezebel, that false prophetess. Jesus was holding them responsible for tolerating her. The church in Nigeria has tolerated corruption. The church in Nigeria has tolerated lying. The church in Nigeria has tolerated false doctrine. The church in Nigeria has tolerated a lot of nonsense. And we declare 
on the behalf of the whole body that that time is over in Jesus' name. Amen. There are three things that God has to deal with now, all right, for him to be able to do his work that he wants to do in this nation and through this nation. And those three things are, number one, false prophets. Number one, false prophets. Number two, false doctrines. And number three, complacency in the body of Christ. I'll go over them again. Three things the Lord says are the major problems he has with the church in this nation. Number one, they tolerate false prophets. Now, we say in the name of Jesus, we will no longer tolerate them. Amen. We will no longer tolerate them. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Everyone that, see, let me just tell you how you will die quickly if you're a false prophet. You want to hear? Now, those of you who are not false prophets, you want to hear it. So you can tell them. Go and broadcast your false messages aloud. Get on television. Have a channel. Are you getting my point? Yes. Have a channel on uh, cable. Get on TV. All those things that people do to make sure their voices are heard, do them. The louder you are, the quicker you are to your judgment. You must understand that the time of mercy for you has come to an end. The first fruit has gone. You know, I keep on saying it. It's a sign of what God is about to do. Once the first fruit goes, you should know it's harvest time. Did you hear what I said? It's harvest time. Let me say it to you again. Anyone that's prophesying that does not recognize the finished work of Christ Jesus is a false prophet. Now, you know the interesting thing? Most of these false prophets know they are false. We are the ones that don't seem to know. They all, most of them know. They are only small. Those who really don't know, their judgments will be small. But the ones that know and continue to prophesy, I'm sorry, their end has come. The ones that God really has mercy on, he will just destroy the ministry. That's the one he has mercy on. The one that he ha- they have so annoyed him, they will go the way of the first fruit. That's the way it's going to be. I hope you're getting my point. Listen, those who know they speak loud, they undermine faith in the finished work of Christ Jesus. They know they are lying. There's one I heard is in worry. Gathers thousands of people. Please, if you want to survive, change your name. To the gathering of Ogwanji worshippers, Jesus will pass you and not say anything. Those who want Ogwanji spirit, they will go there. But if you pretend to be a prophet of Christ Jesus, his sword is lifted against you. I am giving you the word of God. His sword is lifted. And we have said to him, guard thy sword upon thy thigh, O mighty one. Ride on prosperously and in majesty because of truth, and let your right hand do awesome things. Against false prophets, the Lord will arise in the name of Jesus. Another thing we will not tolerate anymore is false doctrines, lying doctrines. I've had discussion with people before. So this one you are saying, how will he bring money? If you say that again, your ministry will close. There are people, they know the truth, but truth does not bring money. So deliberately suppress the truth in unrighteousness because it does not bring money. We, in the body of Christ, we say again, we are tired of it. Because the Lord will hold us responsible as much as those who do those things. Not only do they do them, a group, then those who have pleasure in those who do them. God holds both of them responsible. For what we tolerate, we are held responsible. So we observe ourselves today. 
and we say before the Lord, we are no longer tolerant of such nonsense. If you know the truth, and because of money, you suppress the truth, and you preach that which is a lie. Listen, I'm not, listen, I'm not angry with you personally now. I'm expressing to you the anger of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm saying his anger has boiled over. You have but a few moments left to escape that pot that is boiling, facing away from the north. That's what the Bible says. I'm saying to you, if you suppress the truth, even though you know it is true, but because it does not bring money, then you say the one that you know is not true because it brings money. The judgment of God has come against you. Amen. I don't have anything personal against you. But I don't want to be swept away <laughs> with the Lord's anger that's coming against such nonsense. You must understand. People say that the mercy of God is upon the Christian. You must understand. Go on, these things were recorded for our learning. God called Israel. He said, listen, I'm taking to a land in which I'm removing the people because of their wickedness. He said, if you do the same thing that they did. Now, you must understand. People make it look as if mercy is new. Mercy is not new. Mercy is not new. I want you to understand it. It's not new. The mercy of Christ Jesus, people enjoyed it that time. He said, but Jesus had not come. When he gave them the lamb to sacrifice, it was Jesus they were sacrificing. I don't know whether you're getting my point. Anyone who had faith in that sacrificial lamb was having faith in the Jesus that will come. What did he say? Go and read Exodus chapter 3. When God spoke to um, Moses, what did he say to him? The Lord, merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in what? Loving kindness. Is that new? It's not new now. Come on, it was merciful before. The same merciful God called the people and said to them, these are the things people do, and I wipe them off the land. He said to them, the land I'm taking you to, these are the things they did, and the land is vomiting up the inhabitants. He now said, if you do the same thing, the land will also spew you out. It is a lying doctrine for somebody to say to you that because Jesus died on the cross, you can continue to walk in unrighteousness and there will be no punishment. That doctrine is false. That doctrine, I'm sorry to say, is antichrist. It does not magnify Christ. It's an antichrist doc- doctrine. Any doctrine that promotes unrighteousness amongst the people of God cannot be the doctrine of Christ. A true Christian can never be comfortable in iniquity. Any doctrine that makes you comfortable in sin is a wrong doctrine. It's a false doctrine. And God's sword will come against that doctrine. Amen. Let me warn you. David Parson said something. Three men came to the UK those days, to England, those days, and was preaching those things. And he said they would not come to an, a good end. And three of them died tragically in a short while. One of them he used to work in high-rise buildings. He fell onto a fence that had iron rod on top. You know what that means? Please stop preaching nonsense. I was watching TV the other day. I stumbled into it. You know, I, sometimes I scan these Christian channels. And one man was there preaching. He said, this portion, Moses wrote it in the flesh. He said, you know, I've explained that to you, that this portion, Moses was in the flesh when he wrote it. It's the same person who said that Jesus is not a lion. That is a lamb. That when John said, the lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed, he said John did not know what he was saying. He said the fact that you are in the spirit does not mean you know what you are doing. He said John was in the spirit, but he was confused. 
That, yes, I, I, I'm not saying something. He, I heard it with my ears. I'm not reporting to you something that somebody said. I heard it myself. He said, Jesus is a lamb. That Jesus is never a lion. I said, oh, what else shall we say? We shall pray for you for God to have mercy. But this doctrine must not stand. It must not stand. It will not stand. It will not stand. Listen, guard thy sword upon thy thigh, almighty one. Ride on prosperously and in majesty because of what? Truth. Let your right hand do awesome things. God will ride. Jesus will ride. And he will come against every house of lies in the name of Jesus. Every gathering of false doctrines he will scatter. So that the people who are listening to it, they can go and hear the truth. I utter the voice of the, you know, the, 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 the voice that the Lord gave against Jericho. I utter it again, against the gathering of witches. Now, you see, when witches are in the village, and they are doing, doesn't concern us. I'll be getting my point. It's none of our business. It is the one that come to town, if you are you getting my point? In quotes. And gather and put the name of Jesus over their gathering. And use the word church because in today's generation, church is Christian. And they use the word church to describe their gathering. Listen, that gathering shall become a desolation. Amen. And everyone that tries to rebuild it, the curse of the word of Jericho is upon him. Amen. Yes, so. Let nobody lie to you that what we are doing is the Old Testament. God has never changed. They told me that uh, the God of Old Testament is judgmental. The one of the New Testament is, is love. I said, who told you that? They make it look like love is new. Love is not new. It's not unique to the New Testament. It's not. Listen to this. It will even surprise you. Jesus is not even unique to the New Testament. This is not the same lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. People had faith in him before now. What do you think Abraham was looking at? What do you think gave the hope to Jacob? What do you think was the hope of David? When David said, the Lord said to my Lord, he was not talking about himself. Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. He was not talking about himself. Why did God give them animal sacrifices? Was it not because of Christ Jesus? One day I sat and I checked the scriptures. Old love was there in the Old Testament. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. It was there. This is how God loved the alien amongst you. It was there. It was there. The judgment of God is in the New Testament also. Judge yourself so that you not be judged. Is that not in the New Testament? Go and read Revelations, please. Go from chapter 1 to chapter 3 and see Jesus that terrified even John, his beloved. Come on. Let me say it again. Those who gather, they know the truth. But because of personal gain, they suppress it in righteousness. I'm giving you the word of God. Not my, nothing personal. He said the time of his patience is exhausted. Yeah, he's exhausted. One of our sisters, the pastor, came to him one day. And listen to me if you're a pastor. Pay attention to these words. It's directed specifically against pastors. People who stand like I'm standing now. And the saints of God open their hearts to them. Once a week. Twice a week. Several times a week. You can go by any title you like. Apostle. Prophet. Evangelist. Pastor. Teacher. Anyone you like to call yourself. I'm talking to you. This particular pastor came to a friend of my, one of our sisters and said, please pray for me. She said, about what? She said, I don't know the one I'm doing now before God punishes me. And I want to tell you, God is about to start punishing. He said, why? Because he said, listen, I had the word from God. Headquarters said I should send money. So on Sunday, I changed the word. This was on Saturday. 
that he had that word from heaven. I'm going to teach the word tomorrow. The headquarters said, send this so and so and so amount of money. Then he came to church on Sunday. And he sat down. Abandoned the word that he said is from heaven. And began to preach a word to raise money. Let me say to you clearly, so that you will understand. Jesus is very angry at such things. And if you are doing it, he has waited. First year, he did not stop. Second year, he did not stop. Last time, he wanted to uproot you. But intercession was made for you. But he said, I will not listen to that intercession again. You repent now or you perish. If you are a pastor, I'm telling you. I've won before. I've said it from this pulpit. Listen, old prophets, one of the side effects of following old prophets is that young prophets often die following them. Because they make them tell lies. He said, but he lied to him. Listen, deep inside you, God has placed his spirit. So that you know what is right. You know what is false. You see, churches will gather. And they say, we are going to raise money today. All you leaders, make sure you pledge. I said, we don't have that kind of money. He said, don't worry. Just pledge one million, two million, three million, four million, five million. You don't have to pay. We just want to use your pledge to encourage other people. It's called a lie. And the whip of Jesus has been drawn. And it's going to scatter every gathering in his temple. Where people gather for the purpose of saving mammon, of gathering money. Three things he said he must uproot in this church, in this land. And I believe this is not only this in this nation, but all around. This is just like, you know, an example for everybody to follow. Three things, false prophets. And they are all going down one by one. They are going down one by one. A lot of witches who come to church, or who gather and call themselves a church, they are all over the place. There's one in, en- in Enugu, I saw him as I was driving down the express. He saw his poster today. Not my head, not my blood. I said, it is your head. It is your blood. You don't get it. It is your head. It is your blood. It will roll. The spirit will roll over it. They have one big one in, in, in worry. Everybody gathers there. I stumbled on his video the other day. I said, my God. People still follow such, such people. Please, if he's hearing me, he should go and change the name of his establishment to the church of, into the garden of Ogbanji's spirit. Jesus will not touch him again. But if he retains the word church, if he attains to, if he uses the word prophet, and doesn't add Satan or the name of one of these false gods clearly to it. Jesus will judge him. The big one in Lagos is gone. There are those in Lagos that are going to go with him. And I heard a man of God prophesied the other day. He said, listen, all of you are operating by the spirit of Jezebel. Go and listen to what God did with the original Jezebel. False prophets are going down. Amen. False doctrines will go rapidly after. Amen. And the last on the list is complacency amongst the saints. Saints living as if they were giving life for themselves. They just want to be comfortable. All Jesus does is just to, you know, give me something to eat. Give me something to drink and it's a good Jesus. No. No. The complacency of fools destroys them. I hope you're getting my point here. We will not, listen, this nonsense divides the country. I've told you, if you cannot explain to Jesus how that we advance the gospel quicker to Mali, then shut your mouth. Otherwise, he will shut it for you. Ah, divide this country. Let everybody go. If you cannot tell him how that will help the gospel get into Zamfara for the sake of salvation, shut your mouth, otherwise he will shut it for you. If you cannot tell him how that gospel will cross easily, easier to Chad or to Cameroon from this nation or to, um, um, well, give me another country in the, north, in the northern part of Africa, the, in, of Nigeria. I've mentioned Niger. Yes. If you cannot mention to him how this thing will make it easier. Please shut your mouth, otherwise he will shut it for you. If you cannot mention to him how it will become easier 
to spread the truth across the geographical, you know, the, every part of this geographical entity called Nigeria. If you cannot mention it to him in your prayer, then you are working for Satan. I said to you before, how do you know those who are working for Satan? What matters to them is their own personal comfort and the comfort of other human beings. But they don't ask what is the agenda of God. They do not ask what's the purpose of God. What is the thing of God? Because in everything, you must know that God has his own thing. He has his own thing. And if you are working, listen, you are working for Satan if you don't align with what the Lord himself is doing. No matter how righteous what it seems like in your own eyes that you are doing, if you don't align with what God is doing. Do you know there's a time Phineas took his sword, a spear, and struck a man and a woman, pinned them to the ground, and God rewarded him with priesthood. It doesn't sound logical. It doesn't sound logical. One day, one of my sisters told me something. As a family, they have a kind of, you can see the spiritual bondages upon them. And they said to the woman of the house, I can arrange deliverance for all of you. It's easy. But I want you to just understand the cost. The Lord will have to take your husband. Said to her clearly, you see, listen, there's no, there's no pretending in this one. Like I, I used it to explain here before. It's not as if the man cannot be delivered. But he has to be willing to be delivered. And if he's not willing to be delivered, listen, the easiest way is that God will just croak the guy. Not the mean to croak somebody. But as long as he rules over all of you, there is no deliverance. Unless he comes by himself. Of course, the other things, all of you can also get up and get out of the house and go and follow the Lord alone and deny his name because he has sold all of you into bondage. In everything, there's a thing of God. That's what I'm trying to explain. Besides, most times people preach this is they only mind the things of man. Breakthrough is when you get more money. There are times Jesus says to you, sell all you have and then come and follow me. Then you will discover eternal life that time. There are times he says that. Your new car is not necessarily a sign of God's blessings. Sometimes the only way God can prove is with you is to remove everything you have. Go and ask Moses. A true believer aligns himself, aligns herself with what God is doing, not what human beings think is nice and good. Like I was saying last time, <laughs> if Americans wanted to vote and they minded the things, listen, I know Donald Trump was very annoying for a lot of people. And I'm, like I said, don't even sit on the facts, the physical facts. But I want you to use it as an illustration. Sit down and say, under who will the kingdom advance quicker here? Is it the one in which a man supports? Ah, look at um, um, Joe Biden. Texas finally stood up against saying, listen, they will do everything they can to ensure that you cannot abort a pregnancy on the geographical territory of Texas. What did they do? They put a law, which, means, which shows that once, by the time you detect you are pregnant, that you have already crossed <laughs> that particular point. They call it the fetal heartbeat law. Once the, the, the baby has a heart, you can't abort. And the truth is that most women don't even know they are pregnant by the time the heart develops. Essentially, outlawing abortion. Then they add another one to it. That any citizen can sue you. That it does not depend on the DA anymore. They don't need the law apparatus of the state to come after you. So I can sit down and say, this man did abortion in that place, and I will sue you for $10,000. And then they rushed to the Supreme Court and said, save us from anti-abortion people. Supreme Court said, sorry, we are not willing to hear the case. There's another case coming up later. We'll hear all of them later. Essentially, the Texas law goes into force. That's not what I'm talking about the story. The main thing is that Joe Biden rose up. He's their president. 
and said he would defend with the federal power every abortion clinic. No wonder the Catholic bishop said we won't give him communion. Why would I vote for him? Because Donald Trump is insulting me. Insult is my portion. What's my big deal? No, there was a day I was going to a particular preacher. And then the man will insult blacks. I will burst into laughter. Insult Africans. Call them primitive. Continent reduced with disease. And I will be laughing. After I will tell my wife, come here, come here. They will abuse black people again. White man, Texan man, actually. After my wife said, please, my husband, I have a question for you. I said, what is it? He said, why are you listening to this man? Because his insults, my wife wasn't enjoying it at all. I said, my wife, please don't mind him. His ignorance is his portion. I said, ignorance is worrying him. I said, however, he knows some things. I've never heard anybody else teach. Till date, I said this to my wife over 10 years ago. As I had written that man more than 30 years ago. Some things I heard from him, I've not heard any other preacher say till today. He insults me, oh, you want just teach me the truth, I go home. Like they say, I'm like the cow. I chew the grass, spit out the sticks. You know, whatever you bundle and give the cow, put everything in his mouth, he will chew everything. You think he's in a lie. After I will give you your stick, swallow the grass. One day my, my, my wife was feeding my son. He was very small at that time, the oldest guy. She would crush fish with his rice and everything. At the point I saw the boy, chewing like this. He finally put his hand in his mouth, brought out one piece of bone and gave to his mother, take. <laughs> and he swallowed everything. I didn't even know he could identify. He put his hand in his mouth, brought out one long piece of fish bone and gave to the mother and continued chewing. I said, that's how Christians should behave. Collect everything, chew the word of God, spit out the word of man. So the insult, I spit it out, I listen to you. If you go and read the story of his, um, what the, uh, the, what's the name of this guy? Um, Azusa Street. Yeah, William we, we, we more. yeah. At the beginning, they didn't let him into the white churches. But you know he sat outside and tapped the spirit. The whites are there doing Holy Spirit thing. They can't go in. What is his problem? He will sit outside and listen to the word and did not notice the discrimination. This morning in my house, we're studying the scriptures. That's Matthew chapter, is it 15? We're reading this morning. And then my wife, you know, at the point in time, he pointed out something. Why did Jesus tell this woman, say, dog, say, should I give the children's bread to dogs? And that the woman didn't take offense. Then it struck me that everybody that Jesus said had great faith also had great humility. There were two of them. They told this Syrophoenician woman, giving you healing is like feeding the children's bread to dogs. She did not take offense. Just heal my daughter. What I want is crumbs. The other one said, let me come to you. I said, no, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. Those are the only two people. Peter counted. James counted. John counted. All the disciples of Jesus counted. Jesus said, I have not found faith like this. No, not in Israel. Humility. So if Donald Trump insulted me, what's my problem? I'm more concerned about the interest of the kingdom. So if I had to vote, I would look at Donald Trump, look at Joe Biden. Thank God I'm not campaigning for anybody. There's no election involving the two of them going on right now. I will put away my personal issues and vote according to the progress of the kingdom of God. You are not a true believer. You are not an effective Christian until the interest of God is primary to you and your own personal interest is secondary. You rather have the church move forward than you own a house. Not as if you build your house first. Then I have nothing to do with money again. Start giving to the kingdom. You give too late. Did you hear what I said? You gave too late. Many people, they want to start getting involved in kingdom things or they have settled their personal things. It's late. It's late. 
What do I call it? Late. It's late. It's late. It's late. It's late. Let me go over it again. Three things. Number one, God has come again. And what he just said to us, give me your voices. Give me your voices. As a body, give me your voice. Utter my word against false prophets. Prophesy against false prophets. I want you to prophesy against false doctrines. And I want you to speak against complacency in the church. Where people are just settled in themselves. And they are not concerned about the advancement of the kingdom. Do those three things and I will bless your land. Father, we give you praise. In the name of Jesus Christ. Before we take our seats, let's quickly declare the word of understanding. One, two, let's go. Now I declare. Now I declare. Thank you. Revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. Giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I said amen. Amen. God's glory will come upon you again today in Jesus' name. This is a season of your manifestation of divine power. You will see it. You will enjoy it. You will administer it. You will rejoice in it. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let's take our seats. The Lord is good. Remember we've talked about the weapon of the intercessor. And I just want to remind us briefly about it for a few minutes. Then we'll read the scriptures I want us to read today. And then we'll be out of here. We don't have to stay too long all the time. Remember, the Christian power is not in politics. Yes, it's not in politics. We can, we, we can be politicians. Daniel was, um, in fact, there are so many examples we have in the scriptures. Daniel was something like a civil servant, a high-level civil servant. He, uh, today will be like a political appointee. We Christians, of course, may be involved as necessary in public administration, holding public offices, political offices. However, that is not where our strength lies. Our strength is not in political maneuvering. Sometimes we may go to court. The other day, um, uh, David Green sued the government of Barack Obama and insisted that being a faith-based family business, Hobby Lobby could not pay for some of the um, medical, what they call female reproductive health issues. Just by the way, that's how they coin bad things. We give a good label to a bad thing so that nice people can support it. You will not say abortion. You call it reproductive health. Go and check. That's what they call it. Uh, They don't say um, same-sex marriage. They call it marriage equality. So the emphasis is placed on the good moral side. That how come you, you can marry, you went and married somebody you loved. Then me, I can't marry somebody I love. It's inequality. They will not give you the details that you marry somebody you love according to God's holy order. And me, I want to marry somebody I hate, but I think I love according to satanic order. I hope you are getting my point. Yes, because if I really love the person, I will want him to do the will of God. I wouldn't marry him. Do you notice that I'm a me? I'm a man, and I'm saying marry him. Are you getting my point? Yes, that's it. So that's what they do. All right, so Hobby Lobby had to sue to tell Barack Obama's government that we are not going to fund that. 
and Barack Obama's government said, you have to, otherwise you will pay a heavy fine. And Hobby Lobby said, no, I would rather shut the company down than go against the will of God. He lost the case in the federal court, in the high court. Then he went to a, on appeal, and he won in appeal. And he decided to appeal his own winning. I don't know whether Nigeria will allow that, but in America is allowed. He appealed his own winning to the Supreme Court. Even though he won on appeal, he carried the matter to the Supreme Court. What is the reason? So that nobody can appeal after him. And then when he went to the Supreme Court, they prayed, and he narrowly won. 5-4. But once he won, it was settled. Now, what I'm trying to say is that sometimes we go to court like that. He had to go to court. But the power was not in court. Each time he went to court, the whole family would be fasting and praying. Christians everywhere, we join them in fasting and prayer. I hope you're getting my point. So even though sometimes we go to court, our power is not legal. Do you follow, follow my point? Sometimes we join the police. Sometimes we join the military. We bear arms as officers of the law, as defenders of the territorial integrity of our nation. Sometimes it can be a security guard that is licensed to bear arms. But your power is not in the arms you are bearing. I hope you are getting my point. As believers, we understand that our power lies somewhere else. Our power lies somewhere else. Our power lies somewhere else. You know, today again, I was still meditating about it. And I thank the Lord that one of the things he has done for me is to separate for me in my spirit, my understanding, between what I do and money that I get. I don't know what I get my point. That is, even though I do something and I get paid, in my spirit I've separated them. I see the money I'm paid as a gift of God. I give thanks for it as if it's a gift. Not as if I labored for the money. Anytime I'm laboring, I see the labor as a work for God. We does not deserve payment. That's something God has helped me to do. He's helped me to do it. And it's so, in fact, something led to it while I was meditating this morning. I had to thank God. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for it. So that I'm able in my spirit to separate the two. Any money I get, I see it as a gift of God, the provision of the Almighty. That's what I see it as. And any work I do, I see it as an assignment from heaven, which I must be faithful before the Lord in executing. So as believers, we understand that we have to work. We have to labor. But we have come to realize that is not the strength of our provision. It's not the strength of our progress. It's not the strength of our our promotion, our ability to labor. It's not. Our labor is so we can be faithful. Anything we need, we go to the Lord concerning it. So our power lies somewhere else. That's the point I'm trying to make. Our power does not lie in where people think the power lies. And Christians must be careful about that. And when you want to you know, admonish people, and that's why sometimes God frustrates our thoughts so that we'll do right admonishing. It's, see, let me just quickly drop this. It is not only what you experience. It is what you're able to teach people concerning the righteousness of God. That's why sometimes I tell people, maybe like our book, we have to separate the book. Should I say yes? Into two. Should I say yes? And fundamentals of Christian marriage. Both books were one before. I wasn't so fantastically big. But because people kept on saying, "Ah, no, I've already married, so I shouldn't read the book title, should I say yes? But they forget, and I kept on telling people, just that I could not continue to do that. I had to separate it. 
that even if you are married, read, should I say yes? Let me say this to you. You can repent in areas. You could have married on wrong principles. And God will forgive you today. I don't know whether you hear what I said. It is very possible to make wrong choices. You make a choice on wrong principles. Because you must understand with God. He said, enter by the narrow gate. Because broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many are working on it. But that is what you enter by is what is important to the Lord. He said, enter by the gates of righteousness. He said, I will enter through it because that's what the righteous people use. David was saying to us in Psalm 118. Now, what I'm going to say is that so with God, how you enter matters. So do you know, there's a way divine things work. Apostle, you can marry the same person. And what you will gain will depend on how and why. That if you had gone by the way of righteousness, you will have still ended with the same woman. Oh, God does strange things like that. He said the way by which you enter is what determines what you will get. It's not the thing you entered. If you enter the wrong, the right thing wrongly, the thing will be a bundle of trouble. Ikpayongo. Basket of trouble, remember? <laughs> so sometimes, listen to this, when we've done wrong in making some choices, if you read what is right now, you now go back. Oh, you know, I told you before, there's nothing like God cannot change the past. The God that I know, the past is in front of him. Tomorrow is in front of him. Today is just in the center. So any one direction he looks, all of them are there. His hand reaches both, both the past and the future at the same time. It's not hard for him, but people can't believe it, so they limit his ability. So sometimes you look, that which you did before was wrong. You will today apologize and repent, only acknowledge your iniquity and say, Lord, this iniquity. You know, some people will now say, I am married out of God's uh, will, so they want to dissolve the marriage. That's another sin. The repentance converts that marriage to a correct one. I hope you are getting my point here. That's the way it works. So I tell people, I tell, read the book like should I say, don't say I have married already. Read it. God can forgive you of wrong choices of 14 years ago. Wrong choices of 20 years ago. He will forgive you today. Because this is the day that light came to you. He's very mindful. If you made a wrong choice because of ignorance, he will so convert it now, you know, I was going somewhere. Because to him, it matters what... That's when people now make the mistake. You now want to now start telling us, uh, you know, I'm blessed today because I'm looking at the person. There's one man I know, very successful minister, at least. The way we judge it, not the worldly way, but in a good way. Preaches well, no scandals in his life, ministry growing, going up and down, teaching the word of God. When his wife married him, he was not born again. And she knew. And she was born again. And she was filled with the spirit. <laughs> and I feel like telling him, say, bros, and everybody, not just him. When time he says that, I just says, I hope young people won't follow this nonsense. Because no matter how successful his life is now, it's rubbish. God just took what was rubbish and brought good out of it. And it's a very strange thing that happened with them. Because as she was marrying, she was telling him that you are going to give your life to Christ. You are going to preach the gospel abroad. And they gave his life to Christ. Now, sometimes when he says something like this, bros, relax this thing now. Don't confuse young people. Your testimony does not create a doctrine. I hope you're getting my point. 
Of course, it happened just like she said. But you must understand the way God does things. You'll be amazed. Your hand is straight now. It sounds good. But there are some underground things that have happened they have not taught you. So that's why I said we'll read that thing because it is possible if you make a decision because of ignorance, you can reverse this decision 10 years later and God will convert it to the right thing. Please, I'm emphasizing. So God is not just concerned about what we practice, but what we are able to teach people. So I began by saying our power is not physical. It's not in our politics. Sometimes, because Christians must understand that, it's not just to do the right thing, it's to understand how it is done, what is done, so you can teach it to the next generation. It's the reason why I encourage married people, still read books like Should I Say Yes? You can correct your ways. Don't say that um, I've already married. So what I'm, No, you can correct your ways, that's number one. Then number two, you can teach the next generation because those two things are important to God. They are very important. So we need to learn. So sometimes we have succeeded maybe financially by, you know, working, but we thought it was the labor of our hands. Then God comes to tell us it's not. Sometimes he puts you through a a trouble until you recognize that. Then he will bless you back like he did Jonah, double. This time around you understand that it's not. Because Jonah first time, you know what Jonah said? <laughs> righteousness pays. I did righteousness, see as it paid off. Hey, God said, now, wow. Eh? Did I say Jonah? <laughs> did I say Jonah first or Job? I started with Jonah. Hey, sorry. <laughs> Jonah's matter was, Seth, so you won't be too angry. <laughs> it's Job. Thank you. God bless you. God was looking and said, Job. It's not like this. Job said righteousness peace. That was the sight of the blind. Look and ask the widows. I was their husband. Took care of all their needs. The fatherless. I was their father. The things that did not concern me. I investigated and I shut the mouth of the oppressor. Job. They knew me righteous Job. That is why I prospered. My seed. As I was planting it. And I was planting. Many Christians are heading for trouble. Oh, God, God, see that seed, I will collect, yeah, yeah, I'm going to scatter everything. Many Christians believe that I'm where I am. I remember a woman preaching, said, I'm going to take a seed from you. I'm a product of seed. I bought into laughter. I said, you're a product of seed. Yes, your father's seed. That's the only one I can think of. A product of seed. <laughs> but if you're talking about you gave me money, that's why you probably say, get, get away, get away. What oh, nonsense product of seed is that? But sometimes we don't be preaching things. God will just be looking at it. I bless person, just collecting my glory. That's what happened to Job. Then one day, God taught him what? The righteousness by faith. And for him to learn it, God collected everything. Taught him righteousness by faith, then blessed him double back. Why? It's important. It was important to God that Job got the point. You hear what I said? It was important to God that Job got the point. And the longer it takes you to get the point, the longer you'll be on one spot. Okay, now, no. The longer it takes you to get the point, the longer you'll be on one spot. God just wants you to get the point. Let me go back to it again. Christians, our power is not in our politics. One of the major problems, you know, the other day I heard uh, Pastor Tony Bakari talking, and I, bo- I both felt sorry for him, and I was laughing. Then I heard, um, there's another person that spoke. It was not a pastor. People who supported President Buhari, and I heard the President Buhari himself talk. 
By the time I finished list all of them, I started laughing. <laughs> that is, if you see the amount of faith they had in one man, and the man had it himself, that's our current head of state. As at now, the man has lost faith in himself. Pastor Bakari has lost faith in him. Who's the other person? There's one other person. Who's the other person? Eh? Okay, the military man. Yes, that military man that was talking the other day. Yes, thank you. The retired naval officer. That's the third person. The man, too, he, he talked about how they worked hard with the Americans to persuade CIA that this is the man. Pastor Ndebakari went to President Buhari, the, then General Buhari, and talked to him that God said I should tell you that you need to come back and run for president. And God said, today there's no problem. You will come back. Everyone, please, I call you by your first name. No disrespect to me. So I'm just trying to illustrate what is God that called you, not me, actually. So, <laughs> so I, I, when I listen to Pastor Debakari talk, that military man speak, these are people that had so much faith in President Buhari. Then he was not president. President Buhari, our current president, then, he told uh, Pastor Debakari that I promised Nigerians I will not run again. That I give them my word. I know what he told him. He said, you are not Herod. He said, are you now Herod that gave his word that he would behead John the Baptist? So he persuaded President Buhari, and the man was persuaded. He said that I personally moved the motion to make three political parties. CPC, which was their own party, ACN, and is it ANPP. And now he stepped down because he was in CPC, for them to get for ACN to bring the vice president. <laughs> but now, he said, God anointed Saul, but, <laughs> but that the spirit has left. That was what he said. So he was saying, the, 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 the fact that what we did was right, but God has now, God has the, <laughs> we're all laughing. God have mercy on us. It's kind of funny. <laughs> You know why I was laughing at that? I'm feeling sorry for him. I said, sir, I felt like I said, God wanted to show you that your hope was in the wrong place. Nothing wrong with the man. Nothing wrong with any other thing apart from your hope. Your hope was in the wrong place. That military man was speaking. It's almost, it's like he was not using the um, Christian angle. He was talking as a military man, as a man who understood, as an intelligence officer, who understood what was going on in Nigeria. I said, now he's frustrated. I heard the head of Fazi Arewail does something. Say, President, please go home. I heard him say, he begged the president, please resign. And this is the head of the Northern Elders Forum or something. And the man said, Mr. President, please like say enough to do this job. Come begin, go house. <laughs> he actually suggested that the president should resign. And I felt sorry for all of them. I even said, I felt sorry for my mother. Because she was among those who said, change is what we need. <laughs> this was two nights before the election. I couldn't believe my ears. I said, what are you talking about? He said, change now. Change. Why don't you go and enter down for and ask for your change? <laughs> now, why am I saying all of these things? God has already determined that anything we put our hope in any person who put our hope, hope in, apart from in him, will be disappointed. So when everybody was there, I said, look, listen, guys, I could have told you this from the beginning. 
I remember when MK Abila was campaigning that time. We called him Hope 93. That was his campaign. Hope 93. And God said, no problem. People will see. That's why I tell Christians, listen, our power is not in politics. Pastors will man the pulpit and be preaching politics. Get up there and prophesy. Let me give you the word of God. Prophesy, son of man, prophesy. Don't do politics. Our hope is not in economic manipulations. I've seen many people that had strong persuasion, strong spiritual character. They entered into government. Then they got frustrated. I remember when Ruben Abad left Asurok. The guy said there's a spiritual force there. He said, this, he said the force made all the men impotent. Did you notice? He said all the men that they become impotent when they walk in Asurok. And somebody said, my friend, get away, he's stressed. <laughs> he wrote it, I felt like I said, Ruben Abad. I said, it's not your fault. The guy, he said all the men. He just said you. <laughs> the man was confessing, oh boy, when I entered that place, my manhood disappeared. They, they, after they shook all their hands, nothing worked again. <laughs> I look at them. They, got, they get to places and realize that, like we say in Nigeria, no be ordinary eye. Let me beg Nigerian Christians, please be thoroughly frustrated. You need extreme frustration so you can pray effectively. As long as you still think you can find a good presidential candidate to change your life, you have extended the problem by another four years. As long as you are thinking you are going to find a good presidential candidate that will change your life, the problem will continue for another four years. Until the critical mass of believers come to understand that the power belongs to God. They need to understand it. They need to understand. The the critical mass of Christians must get that point. That the power belongs to God. Otherwise, we'll be going around in circles. Otherwise, we'll be going around. So our, our power is not in politics. Our power is not in economics. Our power is not in the ability. I've seen people gather. <laughs> Somebody told me when Pastor Ayo Richard was a um, can president. One brother was telling me. That, so he went and met Papa Ayo and told him the strategy can use for the Northern Christians to become politically strong. I think it was in my house that they were talking. When he finished telling me, I said, man of God. He said, reverend gentleman. I said, man of God, don't waste your time. He said, Papa Ayo said he's not even doing it again. That even he was already frustrated at that particular point in time. He was frustrated that people wouldn't even cooperate. I tell him, don't waste your time. What they need is not political power. What the Christians need, the Christians sometimes will gather. I remember one woman was talk, preaching, preaching nonsense. You know, Apostle, how do you feel when you are preaching nonsense? You don't feel bad. You feel bad, eh? One day, Apostle was preaching on air because those are the used to have bricks. So I, I joined the program late, so I sent him a text message. Say, said, what do you need to talk? He said, okay, I don't know. He did not know that. I was not querying what he was preaching. I wanted to know the topic for the day. <laughs> so I replied to him. I said, what do you mean you don't know? Are you not the one in the studio preaching? Because they had a short break. He said, okay, you mean the topic? I said, of course I mean the topic. <laughs> he said that day, 
He was just talking. He didn't know what he was saying. <laughs> the Lord is good. So one day this woman was there. was just preaching. Oh God, I'm embarrassed for people sometimes. Say so Christians should gather and sponsor a gubernatorial candidate. And when the person sits on the seat, then they will collect all the contracts. I said, hi, I'm telling you. Where is the daddy? You were there, daddy. I'm talking to my wife, at my wife. And I'm looking at this person, daddy. Are you all right? You say we should be fighting corruption. Because it's church people that are doing it now. It's no longer corruption. It's no longer nepotism. I was looking at her. What are you talking about? We Christians should gather, sponsor a candidate so we can be collecting. We will now be the commissioners. All the juicy contracts in the state. Now we will do them. Whether it's a Christian or not, it's, it's, it's corruption. It's corruption. It is not political power we need. Let me summarize it. What we need is spiritual power. Our power lies in the realm of the spirit. Listen, in what the Bible says, it said, the Lord is enthroned in the heavens, but what happens to his kingdom? His kingdom rules over all. His kingdom rules over all. If we download that kingdom, it will rule over any politician. If people say we need true federalism, we don't need true federalism. We need the kingdom of God manifested. The kingdom of God will settle upon a monarchy. You won't want to change your king ever. The kingdom of God will settle upon, sorry to say it, a dictator. You will want him to settle there forever. The kingdom of God will settle upon a socialist environment. I'm avoiding communism because kingdom of God is not the great communism. Because those ones say there's no God. They will settle upon a parliamentary kind of democracy or the American bicameral system that we use now, it will settle upon it, and you will think it's the best in the world. Because the, that kingdom settled upon the American system. They tried to export it everywhere. They did not know. It is not the American system of freedom that's working. It's the kingdom that settled over it. Yes, God by himself determined to create a nation for himself for certain purposes. He empowered them, blessed them, gave them the number one military structure in the world. Except that they are a democracy. So they now began to idolize democracy and they tried to export it. And they died in the process. They tried to export it to Vietnam. Mm. They would die and die and die and come back from there. They cried to Afghanistan for 20 years. It took them one month to lose all the progress they made in 20 years. The Afghans said the girls can, the students in university can continue university if you're a female. You know, they finally agreed. Then when I saw the rules, I almost fell down with laughter. They said, you will separate the class with cotton. <laughs> Men on this side, women on this side. The women will be covered apart from their eyes. The class will end for the women five minutes before it ends for the guys. So that the women can go away before, so that they won't mingle outside. When I read all the rules, I, said, I just shook my head. So you may can go to school, but when you see the rules... If you see the rules, I say, okay, oh. Americans were frustrated. They tried to export democracy to some of these Arab countries, and the Arabs don't understand. They are used to some, one king ruling over them. It will shock you that a place like Russia, communism reigned for a long time over there. Then one day it ended, they tried to push normal democracy. After, after Boris Yeltsin left office, Vladimir Putin came in. He said, listen here, king's rule. We don't have presidents in Russia. We have kings. 
But we'll give him the name present to make you happy. He has been the king of Russia, the Tsar of Russia. Now, this is interesting. Thing. Anytime they do polls, approval rating, he always scores high because the Russians love their Putin. They love their Putin. Americans can't understand. You demonize him all you want. The Russians love him. If for nothing, he brought the pride of their empire back. Yes. And the man goes around trying to show everybody, say, man, I won't take nonsense. And then God will support him. No, there's a way God will support Putin. Sometimes Americans will be like, God, ah, what's going on? Well, God's going on with you, man. There's Putin. <laughs> They're confused. After they had to pipe down, because of him, when they saw what Islamist extremists were going to do in Syria, they went quiet. Because were it not for Putin, they would have run that country over. But Vladimir Putin stood solidly behind the Syrian president. Assad, and kept everybody in check. He said, everybody should be able to do homosexuality. Putin said, in your house, if you campaign to children, I put you in prison. And God supported them. <laughs> what I'm going to say, the democracy they are looking for didn't work in Russia. And Russians like it like that. They like it like that. Why? Because Americans are confused. They think it is democracy that is the key. It is not democracy. His kingdom rules over all. His kingdom rules over all. So Christians get confused when it's time to pray. They start praying for democracy, for federalism, for this and that and all of that. God said, you see, listen, your power is not in the political structure. It's in the realm of the spirit. Whatever, whatever system you're operating, if the kingdom comes, it will rule over it. I hope you're getting my point. So the kingdom will come upon David, David to become an empire. Israel become an empire. Prosperous to the teeth. Bring his son afterwards. But when the, the son lost the kingdom, the, 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 the whole system fragmented. When I say monarchy is bad, it is not monarchy that is bad. It's lack of the kingdom. Christians, don't forget it. Our power does not lie in human systems. Our power lies in the realm of the spirit. Next thing I want to say, to remind us again, I thought about the power of intercessor. The intercessor operates with the power of God. He doesn't stress himself in looking for big words to use to pray. He just looks for the appropriate words, the acceptable words. Once he has found the acceptable words, he keeps those words lifted up perpetually. Let me remind us, let's just read a few scriptures to get that established again quickly. Let's start with Exodus chapter 17. Exodus 17, quickly. You also see the spiritual principle by which intercessors operate. Where our power lies. Where the power of the intercessor is. Like I said, we, can, we may be in the military. But success is not the power of the army. You understand that? The Bible says that clearly. The victory belongs to whom? The Lord. Israel had an army. They did. But the power was not there. If you read in verse 8, then Amalek came and fought against Israel at Rephidim. So Moses said to Joshua, they are their army. Choose men for us and go out, fight against Amalek. Now I'm going to use the power, the real power. Tomorrow I will station myself on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. In verse 10, the Bible says that Joshua did as Moses told him and fought against Amalek. Now, but listen, Moses and Aaron and her went up to the top of the hill. 
So it came about when Moses held his hand up, it came about that Israel prevailed. And when he let his hand down, Amalek did what? Prevailed. But carrying your hand off for a long time gets a man tired. Verse 12 now says, Moses' hand were heavy. Then they took a stone and put it under him. He was standing all the while. And he sat on it. And Aaron and her supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other. Thus his hands were steady until the sun set. Now, notice verse 13. So, Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Now, did you notice that? Did they have an army? Answer me, did they have an army? Did they win because of the army? What was the singular thing that determined whether they won or they lost? The position of the hands of Moses. So only a foolish man will come back and say, man, I'm a strong general. I went to battle and I finished the Amalekites. They won't try me. They don't know. My name is Joshua. Anytime you see Joshua wrong. <laughs> no. What will he do? He will come back home and worship the Lord. And he will give praise to the God of Moses. He will give praise to Jehovah, the man of war. You know, I was listening to a message as I was coming down here by Bob Connor, and he said something that he counted that the name that was used to describe God the most in the Bible, I give number, I think it's 82, 83 times, I can't remember the exact number of times, is the Lord of hosts. And it's striking. That is the Lord of armies. The word army is host. So, these people easily understood that, listen, all these are right. fighting is good, though, but it's not, the, it's not <laughs> some trust in chariots and horses. You better put your trust in the name of the Lord. Because that is where salvation is. How do we know that? We can see the example here. Moses, the man of God. If his hand went up, Joshua succeeded. If his, guys, I don't tire. Joshua will start losing soldiers. If he carried his hand up again, wounded soldiers will regain strength. And they start fighting. So Moses understood after a while, guys, guys, this is the only way to win this battle. And later on, when he handed over to Joshua, Joshua did exactly the same thing in Joshua chapter 8. Go there again. Please don't forget this. It's important. We easily get confused. Listen, if armed robbers attack you, spend the time reciting scriptures. One man said something when I was in Joss. He was saying that those people that um, they kidnapped, because you know, when, you know when you get to different days, you hear in different troubles. A lot of these people who spoke there, they were talking about kidnap experience. This brought, you know, you keep on hearing the story. Ah, I said, my God, <laughs> we need to keep praying. Many of, like I keep on saying, many of us down south don't understand what's going on. So, but he says something. He said he hears that um, some people, they get kidnapped, and then they trek for hours. He said, ah, hours. He said, that's opportunity to declare the word of God. You know, when he said, no, they can't do anything to you again. He said, they have kidnapped you. He said, be walking. He said, just be walking. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall. He said, walk for 10 hours, declare the scriptures for 10 hours. He said, let us do that first. Let's see whether God won't do anything. He said, when they say, lie down, they say, hey, I'm an only child. Please don't kill me. Listen, pleading will not help with a man who's high on something, who's looking for your money. There is nothing he can do more than the one he has done. And you can't infuriate him some more. Just start declaring right there. Say, lie down there. Say, no problem. Lying down is not your problem. We lie down at home all the time. What's the big deal? So lie down there. And that's saying that the Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? 
when the wicked rose up against me to eat up my flesh. You know, just start declaring scriptures. Okay, say, Pastor Mark, I don't know that one. Everybody knows Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. If you say, shut up, you say, bros, I can't. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. One man was kidnapped in an Ambra state. He didn't even know he was going to go to his house, so everybody was quiet. Why are people quiet? So anyway, they comment, ah. Oh, so it's a kidnapper. They didn't know. All right, so let's go. <laughs> so he followed them. So, you know, he didn't, he didn't even know it was a kidnap. Initially, he was like, what is going on here? Finally, they, they took him somewhere. Says, they now sat him down. Say, okay, your family is going to give us a hundred million naira before we let you go. He said, oh, is this what it's about? <laughs> they said, yes. The man said, oh, better go and give your life to Christ. <laughs> he said, look, Jesus. Then one of the kidnappers slapped him. Hot slap. Said, don't mention that name here again. After the slap landed. So the kidnapper, you don't understand. Jesus is inside preaching again. The guy slapped me a second time. That I said, don't mention that name here again. He shook his head again. He said, no, you, you don't get it. I can't stop mentioning that name. He continued to declare the name of Jesus. The guy got angry and walked away. Later I heard them talking. He said, that one that's calling Jesus. Please, let's let them go. He overheard them talking. He said, when the whole thing started, he did not know it was a kidnap. He was just wondering, what is going on here? When he found out what it was, he began to declare the name of the Lord. I forgot what he said, he told them. He was telling he said something in the name of Jesus. That, that was, Stop mentioning that name here. The name terrified the people. When they were going to let him go later, I think the following day or so, the said he should pray for them. So he said, no problem. So he prayed that God will have mercy on them if they repent. So one of them stopped the prayer and said, no. You should remove that clause if they repent. So he told them that, no, it doesn't work like that. The way the prayer works, that, one, that clause has to be there. To that man, when he just that he was preaching, he came from Kaduna. He said, no, no. Continue. To, he said, look, there's nothing else that you are going to do. So put the word of God on your lips and keep it there constantly. They say, we are trekking 24 hours to Zamfara. No problem. I will spend 24 hours declaring the name of God. He said, what if they shoot you? They were going to shoot you. So don't even, you, you can't lose anything. I hope you're getting my point. That's just the way it works. Joshua, I said Joshua did the same thing. Let's go read that story of Joshua again. Joshua chapter 8. First, Achan spoiled things for them. And they lost the initial battle. They lost that battle against Ai simply because spiritual forces were against them. Even though they sent a small contingent of soldiers, they did not feel that was a problem. Joshua understood that it was because they had sinned. And of course, you know the story, I don't want to take time out now. They removed their accosting, uh, accosting from the midst of them, and God had them go back for the battle. In verse 18, then the Lord said to Joshua, Stretch out the javelin that is in your hand towards air, for I will give it into your hand. It's the same principle. So Joshua stretched out the javelin that was in his hand toward the city. Then these men began to operate and all of that. Go down to verse 24. Now, when Israel had finished killing all the inhabitants of Ai in the field, in the wilderness where they pursued them, and all of them were fallen by the edge of the sword until they were destroyed, then all Israel returned to Ai and struck it with the edge of the sword. All that fell that day, both men and women, were 12,000, all the people of Ai. Now, this is why I'm, why I'm reading this verse 26, which is taken from verse 28, that is joined to verse 28. They did all of this, for Joshua did not withdraw his hand with which he stretched out the javelin 
until he had utterly destroyed all the inhabitants of Ere. Now, please notice this. Joshua did not go to war this time around. Just like Moses did not go to the battle himself. Joshua took the position of the spiritual leader. I hope you are getting my point. That spiritual leadership in your life is most important. Now, don't me come and point me your spiritual leader. I hope you are getting my point. That's not what I mean. When I say spiritual leadership now, it's spiritual activity. Spiritual principles you are operating by. Like we're saying on Saturday, what you do first matters. Wake up in the morning, don't rush out about your business. Utter the word of God. That is a source of victory. It's not polish your CV. Polish your incantation. I hope you like the word incantation. It's good, we're Africans. Let's use the modern word, the confession of scripture. But the real word is what? Incantation. It's spiritual chant. I mean, you were here on, um, on Friday. We were talking about secular things. One brother was sitting over here said, look, I'm into entertainment. He said, many times you hear uh, secular music. They start with, yeah, yeah, yeah. he said, That's, that chant is not neutral. It was given to the musician that put this one as the first line before he starts singing. You think he just did <laughs> Spirits are buzzing in your ear. Um, they are buzzing things. One guy told us those days, he said, listen, well, if you go, he said, if you go to the shrine, yeah, if, if I was there, everybody said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, it is chant. He was there. He said, I was one of them. He said, it's our chant. We'll make all of you join it. These spiritual things are real. That's why Jesus said the, the children of this world are more shrewd in their own matter than the kingdom, children of the kingdom. The kingdom of the kingdom don't bother. They just get up in the morning. Hey, hey, hey. They just run out. Hey, I'm hurry, hurry. Boss, boss, wait for me. Wait for me. I have to succeed today. And I enter the boss. Say, hey, God, oh, help me today. Hey, I'm in trouble. You know I'm broke. Hey, hey. Nonsense. So I have to chant in the morning before you leave the house. And the chant is easy. It's Psalm 23. The one we do in our house all the time, Psalm 121 from verse 2. Pick any of these kids, he'll give it to you, you know, from, from back to front. I will finish praying in the morning. Yeah, Psalm 121. We start from, you know, we don't start from verse 1, we start from verse 2. How does it start again? My hair comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. We'll recite to the end. Every day. Every day. Every day. Listen, this thing we are doing is our own juju. I hope you are getting my point. Look, let me tell you the truth. Everybody must join a cult. Can't just be going around this life recklessly, which we will be using to do target practice. Tomorrow, which now go come and check and say, uh, <laughs> who was listening to the other day? Was well, some preacher I was listening to? Was some preacher I was listening to? I think it's the same Bob Connor, one, one other preacher. He was preaching and witches lined in in America, and meant he saw them knew they were witches. They were a, a, a coven. And the Holy Spirit said, confront them. <laughs> so he went to them, said, what are you going to say? They tell you, which is okay, aha. Uh-huh. They came to scatter the meat. He said, oh, that's very nice. Try. He told the head witch, start, try. They did the incantation. He was just looking at them like this. Holy Spirit said, yeah, reply. He just did like this. Maybe in the name of Jesus, suddenly the witch went backward up the wall and was hanging on the wall. He just his hand like this. <laughs> in Jesus' name, the witch went up the wall and hung like this and was trying to come down. no. This way, you know, they finally, he dropped his hand. The witch fell on the rock. Wow! Hit the floor. All of them got up and ran away. He went, he went, <laughs> he went back to his preaching. So as he was leaving, the last one just called her name by word of, by word of knowledge. Call that one. Sarah! That one was surprised. And gave him a word that the Lord is calling you, something like that. That witch came back three days later to give her life to Christ. Listen, don't, don't let them come and terrorize you. 
we are wizards ourselves. The only problem we have is that incantation that you no go do. Chop flesh, you no go grease chop. Drink blood, you won't drink. You'll not be saying somebody else is drinking his own. If you are a witch, you must drink. Leave other witches who are drinking their own blood alone. Drink your own. You know, they say, Islamic agenda. That thing annoys me. You must understand, there are a number of religions in this life that are evangelistic. One of them is Islam. They try to reach out. They try to conquer territories. Islam is nature of the religion. They must have an agenda. So stop warning your head. The question is, where is your own agenda as a Christian? Where is your own Christian agenda? In the same manner, if witches are drinking blood, don't let it worry you. Gather your own blood and drink. Did they not give us blood? Did Jesus not give us blood? He said, this is the blood of the new covenant. I mean, drink it regularly. Gather your friends and have communion. And the say witches are drinking blood. Say, but say, let me go and drink. Blood, pass blood. Sit down, gather. The night he was betrayed. You don't have to go to church. Gather amongst yourself. Break bread. Put a bottle of wine there. Or any liquid. Color it with anything you like. It works. Eat the flesh. Drink the blood. And do the incantation. Do the incantation. Don't let anybody be terrorizing you. Say, say in your banji spirit. I will hang you on a tree. Honestly. I'm not afraid of you. I don't because I, you know, <laughs> when they say power, past power, it's not a joke. We all have this power. It's one way past. Now, now would they talk. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Is the reason why I won't join the boon. The boon can't give me that kind of power. Power that's limited to just making money. What about eternal life? When I die, can you deliver me from hellfire? You can't. Please leave me. Like they say, free me. Follow who no road. That's why we talk for Edo State. You follow who no road. Ogoni will lead me, lead me. They help me. Give me money in life. Then the day of death, I can't do anything. One of my colleagues, he said, the father was, he said, look. He said, he said my father was cooked. You know what he said? Cooking. He said, there was one South African pastor, fake, you know those fake pastors, he repented. He said he went to Ijebode or somewhere in Ogun State. He said they literally cooked him. He said, you, you, you saw the story. He said they boiled water. Told him to, he said he touched the water, the water was cold. But he could see the water boiling. They told him to enter inside. Do you know why I believe that story? My colleague had told me that he said, my father was cooked like that. He saw his father enter a pot, boiling water. They covered the, covered the man. Then the man walked out from the nearby forest. When we talk, we don't know what things are happening. Things is happening. <laughs> now, you know I'm telling his story? The day his father died. Because his father had been sick for some time. They had gone to, he, said, he said, he looked at the man like this. He's a doctor. He saw the man lying down on the bed. And he shook his head. He said, with all the cooking. He said, he looked, he said, with all the cooking, he was looking at his father like this, lying down, helpless for months before he died. He said, so, to him, what's the, what's the aim of all of, of everything? Is this where it gets to? That's why I don't have time to be following stupid powers. Can't lead me into eternal life. One day everybody will die. I hope you, know, I hope you, I hope you discover that. Every man, every person will die. One day, if Jesus does not return. Is which power can lead you to where next? That's the one we follow. Can't make me rich for 20 years and I will now give you eternity. Ain't giving you nothing. If you cannot give me eternal life, I will not follow you. I won't follow you. For what? 
I follow the Lord of life. The Lord that has eternal life. Anyone that follows him will have the light of life. And we eat his flesh and drink his blood. And we utter his incantations. We utter his incantations. We utter his incantations. What is the incantation of the Lord? Is the scriptures. Is the word of God. One of the most powerful incantations in scripture is that Psalm 23. Jesus gave that one to us. Say, take all of you. Eat it. Eat Psalm 23. Prophesy again. Say, take this scroll. Eat it. Then begin to prophesy. People don't understand. That's what this Bible is about. Like my, my son's answer that day. Why do we read the Bible? He said, so we'll have words to use in prayer. We don't use just read the Bible so that everybody will be happy that we have done our morning devotion. We read the scripture so we have words to use in prayer. You don't have to be innovative. You have words to use in prayer. Psalm 23 is a word to use in prayer. Psalm 121 is a word to use in prayer. Psalm 91 is a word to use in prayer. Read all over the scriptures, words to use in prayer. Even, of course, in the Gospels, words to use in prayer. All over the place. Keep those words on your lips constantly. Just don't be having my mouth talking nonsense. Every situation in life has a scriptural response. Every situation in life has a scriptural response. Everything they tell you, answer. You heard me say this illustration before. Just a beautiful illustration. I was joking. I was walking like this one day. Somebody said, hey, dog has six. Nobody's 60. Where are they pursuing now? When I've seen men at 90 who are jogging. So one man every day, 90-something years, will jog up, run up this, this slope in front of his house. One man took up marathon at the age of 70-something. He was retiring at 85 or 87. was there about, forgotten the exact details now. Running half marathon. You know they call half marathon? 21 kilometers. You know what that means? From mega station to UNTH. An 80-year-old man will run it just for the fun of it. At 60, I'll now be bent over. There are people who bent over earlier than 60. But no, I, that day, I'm telling you, they say, hey, dark at 60. Whew! No, we're not going to agree. Come on, thank you very much. We must not see such a thing. I fired back. I said, he satisfies my mouth with good things. My youth is renewed like that of an eagle. I will never bend. Do I know how not to bend? No. But I've given the non-bending incantation. That's all. I hope you're getting my point. It's not which medicine will you take and not take. This is a medicine. He satisfies my mouth with good things. My youth is renewed like an eagle's. That's all I need. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in me. Is giving life to my mortal body. That's that's it's not look, listen, it's not uh, it's not how there's no how in it. I listened to one man preaching here um, this morning. What's the name of that man now? Bruce something, all right? Don't mind, I gathered, just went and gathered something specifically. So he said something, of course, we've we'll discussed that one here before, but I like the way he said it. He said, when God said, light be, he said, in those few words, everything needed to bring light was inside. I hope you're getting my point. Light be. Whether you needed to, photons needed to arise out of aggregation of uh, power to form particles of uh, bo- Higgs boson, and Higgs boson would di- dissociate into hadrons and all do- I don't know. God said, light be. And light suddenly was everywhere. I was teaching my, I think, one, I think it was Victor the other day. I said, the light didn't come from the sun. Because sun did not come up until the first day. Light was everywhere. God just packaged the light into sun, into star, began to package the power. 
Yeah, that's what happened. I was explaining to him that was it resurrection body we we're talking about that day? Yes, resurrection body. Just discussing the resurrection body. That one will get that they will not even need it for sun. He said, Why not? I said, Sun is a storage of light. Then we'll be living in light. Light will be everywhere. Everything needed to bring light was inside those words. Light be. Light be. So if he says, he satisfies my mouth with good things. My youth is renewed like that of an eagle. Inside that word is the medicine he wants to use to correct my broken back. Inside that word is the one he will use to make sure I can bend over. Whatever vitamin will be needed to make my collagen remain supple is inside the word. You know, people spend a lot of time. Oh, my God. All this, uh, just by the way, 75% of these things they tell you about health that you see all over the internet. I hope you know they are lies. Okay, no, sorry. Not 75%. Maybe like 89%. So which one should I believe? None. Don't worry yourself. You'll leave them alone. Have you ever drank alkaline water? They say drink alkaline water. What else they say you should eat? One man said don't eat acidic food. Eat all kinds of foods. Some people say don't. <laughs> Some, people say, Some people say if you are drinking water, you are diluting your enzyme. I say, yeah. oh, you never hear that before. <laughs> I like the way you laugh, Deborah. <laughs> they say if you, when you are eating, you shouldn't drink water, that you are diluting your enzyme. I say, eh. I'm diluting my enzyme. So what should I do? Say no, don't don't drink water. Let the enzyme finish their work before you can't drink later. I say, okay. Some say don't eat any cooked food before twelve o'clock. Have you heard that one before? Ah, where are you? Where have you been? Apparently, you are not rich yet because <laughs> rich people they follow nonsense. <laughs> rich people they follow rubbish. Some of these diets they say people should should do. You need to be rich to do it. They will tell you that you eat cucumber. Go and buy it first. You now know why we eat agave bread. You know this one that. <laughs> No, is it when they say in the morning you grate carrot? It sounds nice because it's vegetables. Bros, you know they grow that in you, know? you grow them by yourself. You have to buy it. Agege bread is much cheaper. So we just buy agege bread, put one egg in it, shake a, a glass of water or milk, whatever, drink it. We have we are gone. But one thing we never forget to do is to give the Lord thanks. As we are giving thanks for that bread, God will put carrot inside. Let me teach you what they call hallelujah diet. Hold the food and shout, Hallelujah! That is hallelujah diet. People pay attention to all of these things, but let them sit down and do incantation on their food and their health. They don't. Food has only one incantation. You can expand it if you wish, but one basic incantation controls food. You know that incantation? What is that? Thanksgiving. When you can say, Father, I thank you. And after that, no whining, no complaining. Don't tell you why the food is too small. It doesn't have enough salt. It doesn't have enough sugar. Just eat it. Once you give thanks, just be eating it. Say, how is your food? It is a thankful food. <laughs> it is thankful. Listen to me. That will remove toxins from your food. Amen. It will remove poison from your food. Amen. Even if you mistakenly put insecticide inside, it will not hurt you. Amen. I say it under God. Nothing that you give God thanks for shall by any means hurt you. Amen. They said some Afghan refugees the other day, in this they are running up and down. They go chop mushroom for Netherlands, I believe Germany. Three or four boys died. Wild mushrooms. Ha, in my mind, why didn't you just give thanks? Let me just tell you the truth about your life. If you chop wild mushrooms, it will not hurt you. Amen. It's difficult to follow a blessed person, you know? Because some people like you now, you go and eat mushroom. 
People who don't know your God will chop the mushroom. They will die. You are wondering, a thousand is falling by my side, ten thousand on my right hand. What's going on? You won't know that your thanksgiving has detoxified your food. I say to you again, nothing will by any means hurt you. Amen. It's not method. There's no method of keeping safe. There are people going by on the road. Bullets will just kill them. They didn't know what was going on. They, were not, they don't even know where the battle came from. They're just going. They just say, why am I dead? You say, a bullet hit you just now. I will not be reading it in newspapers. I remember one girl in Lagos, very pathetic, his only, only child, was looking for work in Lagos. Deputy governor at that time in Lagos. You know the way they clear room. One motorist, they let him follow them. So the escorts raised their gun to warn the guy not to try. Unfortunately, the, the gun went off and killed one girl waiting for a bus. It was in the news that time. If you followed the news, you know. I still remember the body lying on the road. They were covering it with cardboard so that just out of, for dignity's sake. It was an accident. The policeman wanted to just threaten people. They know the way they try and follow convoys so they can beat the traffic. The gun went off accidentally. How do you protect against that? You want to be wearing bulletproof? You want to wear, wear bulletproof? I'm telling you, people have been driving. Ah, Israel, remember the day you started running? Tanker fire was following you behind in Oka. Was not Oka? That Anambra Road. Okuzu. Tanker exploded. Israel was. I just, you know this. The guy jumped out from... Bo- <laughs> he could run. The tire caught some buses and roasted everybody inside. If people driving in traffic, then tanker and the container. This hurricane, oh, we say, oh, Nigeria is dangerous. Hey, 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 wait, wait, let's go to America. Hurricane is it Ida. He drowned people in their cars. Poverty was not the problem. Prosperity was. They sat in their motor cars. Boom. They got drowned. Some, they are just driving, then they see they are floating. Ah, why did I buy a boat? <laughs> what they call flash floods. Flash floods came, took the man, took his vehicle, drowned him. They were picking corpses from cars. In America, in New York, people drowned in their basement homes. They were in their homes. They went down, pam! Water flooded everywhere. Danger everywhere. Let's not talk about bushfires. They're all over the place. How do you want to protect yourself? There's no human method. There's no human method for self-preservation. However, there is an incantationary method. I would like my English. Use this English that I'm teaching you. You may not pass why, but at least you can communicate in the realm of the spirit. <laughs> There's an incantationary method to, to protect yourself. What is the method? The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so does the Lord surround his people. No evil shall befall you. No plague will come near your dwelling place. Those are the things we declare all the time. And every time you see news, reply the news. Your news is more current than the bad one. That news, is that not the one happening today? The one you are giving is the one that's happening today and tomorrow that happened last year. That happened eternally. It's called the word of God. That is how we pray. We there's no ingenuity in prayer. There's no need. Take with you words. Which word do you take? The word of God. Not your own words. I hope you got to my point. I was going to get somewhere, but time has um, kind of gone out on us. I want to remind us that when we are praying for the church of God also, we began it last time. Hopefully, if God allows us, we'll go into it again next time. We'll just take the word. What is it that God has planned concerning his people? We leave those words up constantly 
and we do not stop. I have a conviction in my heart. Certain things led to it, all right? Well, actually, I'll tell you what led to it. Because I, I got some messages, you know, prophetic gathering somewhere. I got into the messages, and they began to say some things that exactly what we have been saying here for some months. You would have thought that we discussed. And I said, well, if these prophets said something, and I said it also, is Banky also amongst the prophets? I hope you're getting my point. When I, I said, ah, that means the word must be true. Because these are people, listen, let me not even go into details. People who hear from God clearly. Ah, and we all turn on that inspiration and we are seeing exactly the same things. I said, well, that's, 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 that's further proof that what we are saying is of God. I hope you are getting my point. So I'm convinced God wants to release his power in this generation. And you listening to me this, this evening, you are going to experience it and you are going to listen to this minister it. The first time you see power of God shoot through your hand. Don't run away. Oh, that man I told that did like this or that witch. Actually, the thing actually shot out of his hand. Physically, they saw the flame come out and pin that witch to the wall. And to ask that, are you okay? Nothing. When you see fire, you didn't, get burnt. you didn't get burnt. Has your stove ever gotten burnt? It's not burning all your pots. <laughs> his hand was the stove of God. <laughs> Emitting the flame. And nothing bad happened to him. I'm just warning you ahead, don't run. What did I say? Tell your neighbor, don't run. Don't run, no. Yeah, because the first time you explain, you want to bolt. I say, Pastor, are you not the man of God? Where are you going? <laughs> Can you imagine that in the rest is divided? Moses take off in the other direction. <laughs> Israel, everybody, they had to melt in Israel now. But listen to me, you will see the power of God. Amen. The church of God will be full of his glory again. The name of Jesus will be glorified. Amen. Let's say it again. Every false prophet is going down. Amen. You know why? Because we are tired of tolerating them. When they gather to gather people, do you hear what I said? They are ready to gather people. God will disgrace them. Amen. Their shame will be known. Amen. See the one the other day that three different false prophets were doing the same miracle on the same arm. God used social media to embarrass. And you know what? They did not yet repent. You want to know what they call a sin unto death? It's when God has corrected you like that, you see, do not repent. It's called a sin unto death. Further embarrassment is coming. Amen. But their reign is over. Amen. The time of their judgment has come. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. False doctrines, once again, we are put from this nation. Amen. The church of God in this nation says we are tired of them. Amen. We are tired of lying doctrines. Amen. We are tired of doctrines engineered to glorify man engineer to gather money. Amen. All the doctrines that will stand in this nation, in the church of God in this nation, will be that that glorifies Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah, the spirit, you know, the testimony of Jesus is what? The spirit of prophecy. We release that testimony of Jesus afresh into this nation Amen. in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And again, the church will be full of the spirit of evangelism. Amen. And God will anoint all our movements in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, as you are listening to me this evening, the power of God to heal is entering into your body in Jesus' name. Amen. No matter be that chronic affliction, I command it to depart from your body in Jesus' name. Amen. Be well in the name of Jesus. Amen. Be well in the name of Jesus. Amen. Get ready to be surprised that you, doctor, in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm talking to the doctor that was treating you. He's getting ready for a surprise. Amen. Your next visit will be a surprise to him. Amen. I said your next visit will surprise your doctor. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, Amen. the spirit of healing fall upon this house in Jesus' name. Amen. 
And everyone listen to this from anywhere, whether you're on Facebook or you're on YouTube or you're in Mixler, whichever way you're following us, internet radio, even if you're playing this by yourself later on, that spirit of healing, that divine spirit, that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead comes upon you now in the name of Jesus. For the glory of the name of Jesus, that's it. Not for the glory of man. It is his word that is healing, not a man, not my anointing. It is the word of God that you have paid attention to. That is what is going to take all the glory. Father, we give you thanks. Your name is glorified. In Jesus' name we have prayed.